Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition, and this time it really is a special edition of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. And today, why is it so special today, you might wonder? Well, this is a podcast dedicated to all things Star Wars, but today we're going to deviate a little bit. We're going to talk some Star Wars, but uh, we're going to delve into the Marvel Universe. We had some uh, a pretty significant Marvel event happen uh, this week, and we want to talk about it. Right, Tim? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, fair warning, Tim and I have not discussed the new movie, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So this will be us uh, kind of sharing thoughts for the first time um, since we've seen it. All right, but before we get into that, I think, did you say you have some Star Wars news for us, Tim? Yeah, we got a few things to talk about first. Um, well, I'm going to talk first about uh, the upcoming Book of Boba Fett. <gasps> and uh, I have no new information about it, um, and we're at that point where if there was new information i would not share it um yeah well i, I don't have the countdown up but we're uh we're not far 11 days away 11 oh my goodness yay yeah oh that's awesome um, so really 11. interesting wait a minute there wasn't a new trailer was there if I think there was, I saw something about one, but I'm actually doing my I'm not avoiding watch the book of Boba Fett trailer. I don't think <laughs> exactly. I'm avoiding yeah. everything. All right. If there was, I, I'm I, that somehow bad. I missed. Oh, well, because Spider Man was coming out, I avoided, um, yeah, trailers and and internet before this. That's why we've been gone for a week and a half. Speaking of which, um, because we take spoilers very seriously here. We are going to have a conversation about Star Wars. We're going to talk about Hawkeye and Spider-Man. <clears throat> Hawkeye series and the new Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, our initial conversation at the very beginning of this podcast, once we get through our Star Wars stuff, will be spoiler-free, some reaction stuff. And then we will give you the warning, big old warning, that says, hey, if you haven't seen it, step back, stop listening, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I mean, we're going to be careful about it, but if you haven't seen it, you could even pause now if you wanted to, and then yeah, come back. When we delve into the nitty gritty, we'll warn you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll start off with some non-spoiler review, and then uh, we'll warn you, like Tim said. We'll right, say, so Star Wars no, first. Turn um, around. A little bit of negative, a little bit of positive. Um, the negative first, just because it's been on my mind, and I want to say it um, here, official on my podcast. I hate Star Killer Base, and I know I've said it once or twice before, but um, it, you know, it I doesn't make do. sense to me. I, just I don't do. understand I it. it. What, what, what brought this up, though? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm online a lot. I talk to a lot of people on the internet. And someone um, said how cool Starkiller Base was? We're talking about, you know, original trilogy, prequels, sequels. Somebody actually posted today that um, uh, unpopular opinion, the original trilogy was actually terrible. The prequels are okay, but could have used better writing, and the sequels were brilliant. Um, you hmm. know, and uh, <laughs> I I appreciate satire as much as the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know what else it could have been, but I don't get it. <clears throat> uh, I wasn't really that, sure. There's a good chance that's what we call trolling. Right, that was my thought too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I almost made a comment about that, but I was like, you know what? If it is, tro- I'm not feeding this anyway. Exactly. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens all the time. People are still talking about this is this is the conversation. People have run out of things to say, so the conversation is still. Oh, I, I, you know, didn't like Hayden Christensen, or I didn't like the sequels, or I didn't, you know, like that's, yeah. And there's no depth to it. It's just I did not like this character, right? Right, like, um, or I did not like this. And there's no reason. There's no. There's no anything behind it. It's just a statement to try to create um, problems, like you said, trolling on on these sites. So. I don't know. And I guess that's a little bit what I'm doing right now, but I've got some depth. Starkiller Base really didn't make sense to me. I didn't like it. Um, so you know, they I were know pulling... The, the, the power for Starkiller Base was pulled from whatever star it was you know, orbiting. So did did it put out that star when it fired? I don't, yeah, I didn't understand Starkiller I think it was Base. taking it from another system. Either way, when you're when you're pulling, like even if they had these capacitors that were built to um, contain the power of the sun somewhere within the planet, yeah. as that heat and power is traveling from the sun to the planet, like there's a bunch of problems in between. You know, like yeah. I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah that whole <laughs> design was didn't make much sense to me. But, but I will say this, their, their capacitor killer. was so powerful that they yeah. were still a snow planet. Yeah, it was well insulated, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. weird stuff. All right, um, on to the, I don't know, it was just on my mind, and I wanted to say well, it I've got two things on my mind that are kind of like that, kind of random Star Wars thoughts. Okay, go for one, it. One, a guy was uh, put something on one of the message boards, and I thought about this too. About how in Phantom Menace, um, you know, Maul is the first Sith that the Jedi had encountered in like a thousand years, at least that they knew of. Um, and he said, he asked, "Well, why are the Jedi so good at saber combat since they haven't had to use it?" And actually, that did occur to me the first time I saw Phantom Menace too. But then I started thinking about it, and I have lots of reasons why the Jedi would maintain such prowess with uh, with their lightsabers, despite no Sith to fight. Me too. What are your thoughts? Um, well, a couple of things. One, they still use them defensively against things like blasters. Yeah. So as a defensive tactic, it's still necessary. Um, yeah. So I've got three reasons. Do you want all mine or you want to say something? No, I just was curious to hear if you came up with the same things I did. Okay. So number two, um, in the training, the training happens through dueling with each other. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of practice there. Um, and three, there is still a push for some of the others who have weapons that can be used like blades that aren't sabers. Um, the vibro blades and stuff? Vibro blades and with dealing with, you know, races like Mandalorians and things like that, it's necessary to have some... Wow. You hit on everything I think I put in my response. Um, yeah, put the... They were peacekeepers, and the lightsaber is a really a fairly non-lethal weapon if used as such. And like you said, it can be used defensively. It can be used as a shield. Uh, you, and we saw like in uh, um, 
A New Hope when uh, the guy's messing with Luke in the bar, you know, Kenobi takes his arm off. And in their galaxy, in their, you know, in their universe, being dismembered is not the worst thing that can happen to you, um, given their prosthetics. So, yeah, it made sense that if you're a peacekeeping force like the Jedi, you wouldn't carry blasters, but you would carry something, and the lightsaber makes sense. So I had that same one. The War of Mandalore was also one I brought up. Um, and the last one was, uh, well, kind of twofold in what you said. They train against each other, and because it's a weapon, you know, uh, fueled by a kyber crystal, it requires them to kind of attune their, their abilities with the Force to use this weapon, so it's a great training device just in Force use in general. So, I'm yeah, it made sense that they would, yeah. That only one non-Jedi died at the Battle of Geonosis. One non-Jedi? You mean Django? I do. What about all the Geonosians? They killed a lot of them. Oh, the Geonosians. I guess they did kill a lot of them. <laughs> Anakin, Anakin freaked out and just started... They came out of the walls. I, I was, So I rewatched that a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So and I'm just thinking so, about the droids. Yeah, but it's so creepy... Because the Geonosians are a hive mind community and they look like insects, I guess our reaction to them is, ew. And his was too. As soon as they started coming out of the wall, before they even attacked him, he started chopping them to pieces. So, but I mean, we could say that through the force, he realized their, their ill intent or something, but he did. He he knew they were Geonosians. He knew he was there. Well, they hadn't had any contact with Geonosis. I mean, that was what. Dooku was saying to um, Obi-Wan when he had him trapped, he's like, look, man, I think there's a misunderstanding here. The funny thing about Dooku is Dooku's never entirely misleading. He's he's pretty straightforward with everything he says. It's like, hey, I'm, I, hey, just so you know, the Senate's controlled by a Sith Lord. Uh, maybe you should rethink this. He's not wrong. Um, but, yeah, so well, they the don't know anything about Well, the misunderstanding was that Obi-Wan was captured at all. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's trying to mislead him, but yeah. he—he's a master at it. He—he he does. Right. He's not wrong in pointing out that technically, Dooku at that point was still just a civilian, not seen as the enemy. The, the war hadn't started, and the Geonosis was not technically an enemy yet either. It didn't become an enemy until they. Uh, well, wow, that's it. They captured. When did they? Because. Obi-Wan is there with, I mean, he's not supposed to be there. Nobody invited him there. He's sneaking around their place. They capture him. And then all of a sudden, the Jedi show up and start killing people. <laughs> you know what? The Jedi did this. Well, so my, my I mean, yeah, this, it, it turned out Why? they were bad guys. But, I mean, that's kind of a, a no-knock warrant kind of thing going on here. Well, they this found is... out that they had the, that they were building the battle droid, the, arm, the droid army. Is that illegal? Um, I would say yes. I would say building any mass army within the Republic was probably illegal. I wonder, because the non-canon has a lot to say about that, about how the Senate was trying to, and the Jedi were like, yeah, we're peaceful, the Republic doesn't have an army, nobody should have an army, and they were worried because the Trade Federation was looked like it was starting to build an army, and of course we find out in Phantom Menace they had, so I guess... I guess that makes sense, because it was the Geonosians who built that army. Yeah, 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 so you're right. Here's you're my right. big question. Yeah? Mace Windu, big time, went for the kill. 
with Django. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for most off. of the Jedi's experience, they probably didn't have to do that, right? Like once you literally disarm an opponent with Django, they can't, they can't shoot at you anymore. Oh, I I think even as much as I'm not usually a fan of Mace, I think that was a totally justified strike because. Um, yeah, because the Mandalorians are notoriously dangerous. Well, that's uh, kind of where I'm going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's still got his fire, his flamethrower. I don't know if he he lost his missile at that point. I think, but you never know. They're they're full of all kinds of. I mean, literally everything about the Mandalorian fighting and their weapon systems are designed to be able to fight Force users. Right. So, so I I think yeah I'm, yeah. So what I'm saying is the the Jedi. Most of the things that they have to deal with as peacekeepers in in these times are, you know, not Mandalorian, not Sith, um, disputes they have to settle, and for the most part, they're probably not killing people. Probably, you know, disarming them and maybe removing a hand or something, and and actually, you know, taking off something and turning them over to the authorities of whatever planet it is or to the Republic's, you know, police force and then going on their way. Yeah. Well, um, and so that's... With, with Django, I'm wondering how much Mace knew and if there were training protocols set for Mandalorian training. And he fought something that was in Mandalorian armor. We had had the conversation of whether or not he's a Mandalorian. Um, but in Mandalorian armor, so his he knew... I need to end this as quick as possible. That, in fact, that uh, particular Mandalorian had already killed a Jedi. A Jedi Master. A Jedi Master. Yeah, the one on the before. council. I forget his name, but the dinosaur dude on the council. I always yeah. forget his name. He died badly. But, um, so it sounds like you agree that Mace was right in taking the Oh, fail. yeah. No, that's, I wasn't yeah. saying that there was anything wrong with it. I was just saying, you know when you look at everything they can do, and this is what you were talking about with, with the saber battling is why they were so ready. Yeah. You know, they still have to train for all of these possibilities. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess they're like the police in that they're supposed to use non-lethal force until they're left with no other option. Um, until their own life might be in jeopardy or, you know, an innocent's life might be in jeopardy. And with a Mandalorian, your own life is always in jeopardy. So I guess whenever you fight a Mandalorian, if you're a Jedi, it's okay to go for the kill. Because remember, they started that whole battle. They wanted Jango alive to explain where the clone army came from. That was the whole reason Kenobi followed him to Geonosis to begin with, to capture Jango. Um, he was supposed to capture him on Kamino, but we know, or yeah, Kamino, we know how that turned out. Jango got away, and that's why Kenobi was following him. It was simply to arrest and uh yoda even says bring him in we want to question him um or mace does he was talking to yoda and mace when somebody said bring him in for questioning and kenobi said okay and then he went to try and he got it handed to him a little bit and then uh then he followed him to geonosis and that's when he realizes oh my gosh there's a lot of stuff going on here but yeah his he was there to try to capture uh Django alive to find out who commissioned the the clone army and when I mean, beyond the uh, mysterious Cephodius and Tyrannus. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right, but so I, some, I had uh, I got oh, one go more Star Wars thing. 
Yeah, I got so, a couple more, so. Yeah, keep going. Mine was the uh, DL-44 blaster. <sighs> do you know this blaster? I do. Uh, so, it's more commonly known as first. the Han Solo blaster, yeah. Um, I was watching Empire the other day. It's the same blaster Luke is using in Empire. So when Luke is shooting at Boba Fett, and when he's in the in the swamps at Dagobah, shooting at the um, at the whatever the creature was that tried to grab R two or did grab R two, and when he pulls it on Yoda, I feel like I'm being watched. Uh, that's a DL forty four blaster as well. It's just got a different scope on it. And then the blaster that Han has in uh, Return of the Jedi. Yet another version of the DL-44. So we see three different DL-44s in the original trilogy. And the only thing that's different is the flash suppressor um, is a little bit different. And the scopes are different. Um, and so I can't take credit for... It I, says, oh, go ahead. Well, there, some people say it's a different type of blaster. But it is the same uh, frame. Meaning it actually is the old German broom handle Mauser pistol that they used as the prop. And right. so that's the same throughout the series. Um, they just changed the accoutrement. So I liked what one guy said online about he thinks that Han Solo just has a, a cache of these things aboard the um, Millennium Falcon. And that's where he and Luke both got their, their pistols from. Either way, they are sweet. Yeah. Did I mention on the podcast that I have one? Yeah, I did. A guy, uh, I said the guy gave me a 3D yeah, printer one. The thing is beautiful. Yeah. I got to paint it to make it look like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me actually, I was Googling it on how to do the like, uh, um, uh, distressed paint job on a, on a 3D printed model. And yeah, I was like, wait a minute. This is also, and I was watching Empire at the same time. I was like, that's the same blaster. <laughs> Such a cool pistol. Yeah. And of course, then Han draws on Darth Vader and Empire. Yeah, and that's the first time we see a, a Force user just catch lasers with their hand. Yeah. Of course, we find out, you know, in the prequels that uh, Yoda can do that. Yoda can actually shoot a type of lightning. Mm. Yeah. He well, can. he, and he didn't, the, the great thing about what they did with Yoda is he didn't um, call Force lightning. Yeah. But he channeled it and redirected it from Dooku's Force Lightning, which was, I thought, a good way to take a dark side power and have Yoda be strong enough to use it. Yeah. But not actually call on the dark side to use it. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was one of the that was one of the more brilliant scenes in, in yeah. that trilogy. I loved it. Um, all right, so a couple more things for me. One, uh, the Mandalorian season three. Um, indications, and this is all internet-based, but indications seem to be that we're going to expect a late 2022 release. Um, <laughs> it's already been over a year. Release, it's been a not, year since the season finale. Yeah, not going to be an early 2022 release. It's been a year today, I think, right? I think it is today, yep. Yeah, I think this is the last, so it's, it's some rough stuff. Um, that's where we're at. So that's happening. We got nothing on Kenobi release date yet. Um, we're hoping soon that we'll hear I like, something. I like this to be your music. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome. Music. Yay! How long is it gonna last? Is that the whole song or? Um, no, it's not it's just a, it's a okay, I'm sorry, I cut you off though. What were you saying? Quite all right. 
Um, <laughs> we have nothing on Kenobi yet. So we're still waiting on the Kenobi release date. Um, we have nothing. Early, late. We, we don't know anything about Kenobi. So we're just we're just waiting. But we are 11 days off from Book of Boba Fett, so that's fun. Um, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Because I, I really... And if you're a listener, um, I, I'd like some input. So have you been reading about the Star Wars Eclipse game at all? Uh, I just watched the spoil, uh, the spoil, the trailer for it, um, which doesn't show anything doesn't ex- except for it's an amazing video set in the uh, Star Wars universe. So I have no idea about the game. I just know that that trailer is gorgeous. Okay, so let me fill you in on the controversy as I understand it. Um, there is a hashtag going around that says Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Um, they want to protest it and not purchase or buy or whatever um, because the developer, which is Quantic Games, I think, is yeah. developing it. Um, so something about the CEO and some others, um, Quantic Dream is the company that's producing the game. But there's something about, you know, some some stuff in the workplace that was looked on as, as ill. You know, the way they um, joked and things like that in the workplace. And from what I understand, and this is the part that gets me, is they're talking about the... They said something about the CEO making comments that they weren't going to make games for certain people or certain types of people or weren't going to, um, what else did they say? There was something, something else. Like it was, if the CEO had said it the way they said it, then I could see people going, I don't want to buy anything that this person said. Um, and, uh, I think it was a French newspaper or French news station or something came out and I read that they, you know, posted all this stuff about the company that some former employees had said this stuff. Um, and the company went after them for libel. Oh, so maybe um, it's not true. And the hope? company won. Oh, good. The libel well, I guess. I'm hoping. They lost one, and then it came back later on. They lost one. They One of their libel suits didn't go through, apparently. But then it got overturned later on because the person who made the statement about not liking what was being said in the workplace was um, a part of it, like a part of the joking around. Yeah. You know, whether they sent, I don't know if it was like texting inappropriate things. Like, I, I don't know the details. Right. Um, so I guess my big question is this. Now, this was all from a little bit of research last night. Like I was, as I was going to bed, um, you know, I saw something about it and I was like, all right, I can get back online now. Cause I, you know, I saw the stuff start to show up. But I wasn't online because of Spider-Man. And uh, <laughs> I had to avoid it. And so now, as I looked at it, it looks like there's not a reason. But it seems to be the LGBTQ community is the is that who's saying um, that they're real upset about it. And I, I think that's it. Um, so I don't I don't know. It's really what I'm trying to say. I don't know all the details. Um, yeah. And I know that what I said made it seem like everything is fine. 
Um, I'm just sharing the stuff that I've read and, and kind of where I've gotten information from. Um, so I'm curious to hear from others. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, what's going on? Because yeah, I'm looking. I pulled up a news story right now about it. Um, fostering a sexist, homophobic, and racist work environment is the allegations being made. Uh, uh, this is the same company that made uh, uh, Detroit Become Human, which I started playing that. And it's a beautiful game, but I didn't get very far before I got bored. It was a free, well, it was part of PlayStation Now. Uh, yeah. You could play the Detroit game. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Hopefully, hopefully it's not true. Maybe I mean best case scenario, some sort of misunderstanding. And uh, yeah. So I guess my biggest thing to to my fellow fans. Um, another thing I read is that it's not listed to come out until like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, which seems crazy. Um, that we're seeing trailers for something that's that far out in a yeah. game. Um, keep reading. Keep paying attention. Um. Don't just jump on the hashtag because it's there. Um, and if the hashtag is well-founded and there's reason to not support this company, um, then give some more info. Send it out. Make sure it's there for everybody to see. Um, yeah. Because I was just having some trouble finding anything else. Um, so I'd, I'd like well, to know the details because it seems big, but it's one of those like, People are posting it, you know, saying I won't support someone who's homophobic. Yeah, but there's, but they're not giving any details. Yeah, and I just well, want to see more. You know, like you said, it looks like yeah, the French newspaper Le Monde, the World, was uh, like you said they, uh, so the company, the the name of the guy is Cage, and it's specifically him. I guess he's the CEO or um, yeah, he's the CEO David Cage. Um, yeah. Is it's specifically against him, and he won a libel case against Lamond, um, but not against media part. But I'm not sure what they I said about it. That's the one him. that was overturned later on. So it, I don't know. It's just it's just strange. Um, yeah. So I don't know exactly what's going well, on. And I'd like to. I will keep reading on it because I do want to know. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I don't believe in boycotts, but I, I definitely believe in voting with your money. Meaning if, if something bothers you, you definitely don't want to, you know, pay, pay people that, you know, fundamentally you, you have problems with. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm also in that camp that if we get our artists confused with their art, we couldn't enjoy anything. That's but very, then very again, I mean, so... But if this guy really is a monster of some sort, then yeah, I would want to know. Like you said, we should. That it'll be interesting to see what the information is. Well, the reality um, is, there's you know, if if some of the things are true, then there's potentially legal allegations, and the guy would pay for it. Another, you know, like it's yeah, the game could still get made. Um, there are other, uh, you know, maybe you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't, know I, I don't, I don't I, want to put a game ahead of like people's rights, I guess. But at the same time, I want the game to. Right. Well, and I'm not. <laughs> but it, I'm really trying hard to make sure that I'm not specifically saying things one way or another, only yeah. because I don't have the information. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's um, that's my big thing right now, and that's that's again that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up today, 
is because yeah. I just recently saw and read about this, and I'm trying to figure out kind of. I'm what's literally going just on. reading about it now. Um, can I tell you something else that's kind of crazy that I just saw here? Go for it, buddy. Um, so there's a there's a show coming out sometime next year, um, called Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, I don't know if you've heard of it or not. I've heard of uh, the person, but yes, I've also heard of the show. Okay, so cool. Um, so a couple of things here. Um, you know that Deborah Chow is is directing. Yep. Yep. Who also directed some of the episodes of The Mandalorian, so right on. Yeah, it's listed as a space western. Awesome. <laughs> um, really excited about that. Yeah. Um, executive producer uh, Kathleen Kennedy, as you might expect. Yeah, makes sense. Listed as executive producer before Kathleen Kennedy. Tell me. Take a guess. George Lucas. Not George Lucas. Um, John Favreau. Not John Favreau. Dave Filoni. Not Dave Filoni. We love Dave Filoni. We do. Sam Whitworth. We love all those people you just said. Sam Whitworth. I guess that's a little closer. Really? Uh, Tell me. Who? 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 Ewan McGregor. Really? That makes sense. It does. Yeah. Because he knows his character. Yeah. But it's just... It's crazy because there was so much, like... He almost had me convinced that he was at the Alec Guinness level of, eh, I don't really care about Star Wars anymore. Oh, uh, no, like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, yeah, I understand why, but I do buy that that was all an act. Oh, I um, think so, too. But yeah. what I'm saying is, for it to come all the way around now to he's, you know, Executive he's producer. not just willing to participate and be the actor in this show. Yeah. But he's the executive yeah that that's awesome well Um, one interesting just kind of to go meta because i I do find (laughs) entertainment industry to be interesting um that's half the reason i like doing this podcast too is i like just talking about the industry um but yeah actors of moderately successful tv shows you'll often notice they you know they show up as directors and then later producers so like when you see a uh a tv show go into a second or third season you'll start to see some of the headlining actors from that show um, as they also are double credited as, you know, producers and executive producers, I guess in anticipation that maybe one day you age out of a role or maybe you don't feel like acting anymore. So good for him to get an executive producer credit on a star Wars property right on. I, I was curious, like they, they did not make a ton of money. The actors off of the prequels, um, I mean, they. I mean, they made a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Cruise money, um, you know. Uh, so like, yeah. Hayden Christensen didn't make millions and millions of dollars. Like, I'd be surprised if he made more than five million dollars off those movies. Um, it, she might have made more than that, but not much more. And whereas, like, Tom Cruise, literally one role is thirty million dollars for him. So I, I was very glad that Hayden Christensen is able to cash in on you know, returning for the Obi-Wan series. Like, I, I like to see these people succeed. You know, I, they they bring me, you know, endless amounts of entertainment and, and therefore joy. So I I like it when these guys, you know, they they profit off of it. I'm all about that. That's fine with me. Yeah. So, yeah, if Ewan McGregor is uh, going to get himself some an, another slice of the pie, right on. He's definitely earning it. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's definitely, uh, so that's cool. Um, that was my 
Well, that oh, was very cool. Change from the controversy to the fun stuff. So, um, speaking of fun stuff, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How do you feel about this Hawkeye show so far? By the way, folks, we are still spoiler free for a few more minutes here. Um, we are spoiler free for a few more minutes, but I'll tell you what, before we start the conversation, uh, let's go ahead and cut to commercial. That, yeah, that way, um, people get their commercial cause they got to hear Gordon's voice. And then when we come back, you know, it'll just be straight talk from us. Non-spoiler. We'll transition right into spoiler. But for now, here's Gordon. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, and that was Gordon with The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, so we're going to kick it off with Hawkeye first, huh? So non-spoiler Hawkeye. I think I'm one episode behind. I've seen the first four, I want to say, at this point. You didn't watch... You watched the last one before the... I've been busy. I got, uh, I got, uh, a Spider-Man movie? No. Was there a tie-in? No. Well, okay, then. No, I, I did not. Jim, we're going to struggle with some of our conversations if you're not up to date on everything Marvel before we talk in the later part of this episode. Oh, I don't care. It's fine. I'm, I'm not that invested in the Hawkeye that you can really spoil it for me, to be honest. I like it a lot, don't get me wrong, but, um, if you feel free to fire with both barrels when we, when we get to the spoiler part but not spoiler so far um did you want to say anything non-spoilery about yeah. hawkeye before so, we go i'm gonna I, I want hawkeye is i think right now hawkeye is in my top two for the marvel shows what's number um, one loki say loki no, it's not Loki. Really? Loki's so, number one for me. Wanda's number two. I feel two. like... Oh, see, I liked Cap. And I know there are pieces about, um, well, you know, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was good, but yeah, I mean, I loved Loki and I loved Wanda. As a matter of fact, yeah. those are kind of tied for number one for me. I feel like without... Um, oh my gosh, why did I lose his name again? I just had this conversation with somebody. I like Hawkeye better than the Captain America and the Winter who's, Soldier. Who's, who's our... Uh, or Falcon. Who's our, our main guy? Not our main guy, but who's our main guy in uh, Loki? Falcon? Oh, um, M- Mobius? Our no, main... What's, what what's guy? his name? Actor. Oh, Tom Hiddleston. No, not Hiddleston. The other one. Uh, Owen Wilson? Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Well, I, I, apologize. I really like Owen Wilson, and, I, and for some yeah. reason it was just not oh, wow. sticking. So I feel like, um, without which is really funny that this actually happened, but what? I feel like without Owen Wilson, it would not have been as strong of a show. Like I feel like he really made a difference in the oh, show. I, I agree. Um, and I, when I first yeah. saw him, it was a little bit distracting that he was, you know, already such a well-known. Yeah. Every other thing, like just for a second, and then he took that role all owned the way yep. um, and made a, a big, big, big difference with it. Um, oh, I would it, say yeah. that 
see the things I love. There are things I love about every episode, about every show. I don't yeah. know which one's my first. I think WandaVision is. I love the way they told the story. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, it's that's, really that's hard what I mean. To, but to write these uh, these shows, but I am yeah. loving everything about Hawkeye. Um, okay. I, I really, really like it. And so, like, Loki and Wanda kind of tie for number one. And then it's, for me, it's uh, Hawkeye. I like it. I'm enjoying it more than... And I didn't... I, I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did. But, I mean, it was I, that's that's as much as I could say. I liked it. it. I enjoyed it. But, like, Wanda blew me away. Loki, I really enjoyed. Um, and Hawkeye's really grabbed me. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> These well, are such so... vague ways of... I I know it's it's weird here. We'll talk more in a second. So Jeremy Renner, um, who plays Hawkeye, uh, you know I've enjoyed his character. Yeah, I enjoyed. I really liked in Avengers how they made it you know clear that that he's doing the stuff that he does without superpowers. Yep. Um, he's just very talented. Yep. Um, and well trained. Yep. And. Uh, you know, I think and the that family the man, I like that, and the and the family man, and yep. you know, a guy who has made some pretty serious mistakes, but wants to atone for them and, and live through. Like I, I really, really like his character. That's what's drawn me in. Yeah, I, yeah, is the humanity of this character. Yeah. All right. I think um, we have to stop because we're going to say too much. Yeah, um, we're getting to that point. So, how did you feel? About the Spider-Man movie. What Spider-Man movie? We are talking about No Way Home. So, non-spoiler review of No Way Home. Um, out of 10, I give it an 8.59, somewhere up there. Um, I think it is a truly brilliant movie. It is surprisingly moving, like emotional. Um, yet it's still Marvel once again balances that line of like emotionally powerful, but also moments of levity and entertainment and funniness, but still able to just grab you by the heart when they want to. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you're even kind of remotely a Spider-Man fan, it's a, it's definitely a musty <clears throat> movie. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I say two thumbs up, uh, again, probably about a nine, 8.5, nine out of, uh, out of 10, I'll tell what, you know, when we get to the spoiler part, I'll, I'll tell you what cost the one star for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an exceptional movie. How about yeah. you? So, um, well, my first thing, I think right now, and I'm going to do another rewatch, outside of, um, so Civil War is different, but when we saw Spider-Man in Civil War, he was perfect. It was brief, but he was perfect. <laughs> Like everything yeah. that is Spider-Man, um, kind of. So, ignoring that for a second, <laughs> I think that this is my favorite of the Spider-Man movies. Now, that's a, a very heavy statement to make. Yeah. Um, being that I've only seen it once. Yeah. Um, but that's my my initial thought on it, and I will come back and and I'm making you know, it second. Yeah, I'll I, come back and, and share some more information about that when it comes to when I've seen it a little bit more. Like I want to, I want to digest it a little more and watch it again. Um, the Tobey Maguire original Spider-Man movie, I think, is still my favorite Spider-Man movie. 
<coughs> and we we can talk about why when we um, get to the spoilers. Yeah, we'll talk stuff. about that in a second too. So the other piece, um, before we get into this, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this next sentence uh, semi spoiler. Um, and what I mean by that is, if you're someone who avoids the trailers altogether and has no idea about Spider-Man, I don't know how you're gonna get to the movie after. Like if you're listening to a podcast with Spider-Man in the title and haven't watched the trailers and haven't gone to see the movie right away and are trying to avoid spoilers, you're going to have some trouble. <laughs> um, like it's not going to be easy for you. Um, well, so should we just go ahead and officially say, spoiler time! I spoiler really ti- yeah, I mean, because this isn't really... Well, this this isn't spoiler time for... This is spoiler time for the trailer. Oh, okay. Just the trailer. Okay. So if you don't want to jump off yet and you've seen the trailer... Um, you know, if you're someone who's seen the trailer, is interested in the movie, um, there are some neat-looking bad guys that start to show up. Yeah, there are. Um, there's no secret about where those bad guys came from. Yep. So it's a good idea to go back, and if you haven't gone to see the movie yet and you've got some time, um, watch all of those old movies. Everything that we know about Spider-Man up to this point. Yep. From 2002 on, and get to know those bad guys so that you understand what's going on. All right. Uh, great advice. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Here Fully we go. endorse. All right. So spoiler uh, major, alert. Major spoilers. Here spoiler they come. Alert. Spoiler time. Bum, bum, if you bum. are looking to weigh down or help the air resistance for the rear end of your vehicle, here Dumb. we are. At spoiler time. Spoiler will help redeflect the airflow <clears throat> as it comes off the top of your car. All right. But spoilers about Hawkeye and Spider-Man and New No Way Home, and we commence now, or jetzt, yeah. as the Germans would say. So, start with Hawkeye and then move into No Way Home. What is, what is yeah. this spoiler? All right, so we're spoilers. So what is it about Hawkeye? What do you got? All right, so the big thing with, well, do you want my, my last episode thing? So well, I guess I can start um, okay. because the I I'd seen the episode before last before you did, and I was like, oh, you got to go back and watch it. You know, I don't want to tell you because um, Black Widow's sister. No, yeah, yeah, Black Widow's sister shows up from the movie. That's a that's a bigger that's a bigger thing than what happens in the last episode. Okay, so yeah, that so that was a spoiler from episode uh, from four of uh, of Hawkeye. Is yeah, Black Widow's sister shows up. I can't remember that character's name, um, but my daughter was uh, super. Yelena, Yelena, Yelena. If you say so. so, I really can't remember. Um, but my my daughter is like a super fan of this character, um, and if you haven't seen Black <laughs> Widow, it it is a fantastic movie. Um, and this is an interesting character. Um, there's a lot of good humor in it, a lot of great action in it. It's a good movie, you know, in and of itself, which I don't think we ever really talked about that movie much. Um, I mean, we talked about it some, but anyway. Um, um, so, real quick, in these conversations, uh, yeah. spoilers for both Hawkeye and Spider-Man could come up. So, yeah, we're just talking here. Full open rooms. Um, so, yeah, that's where I left off. So, like, I'll give you quickly my breakdown on this. I love Hawkeye because 
of the things you were saying before. He's he's a real person. No, he's obviously a super talented, well-trained person. And yeah, it kind of goes, you know, John Wickish in that, like, well, in real life, no one can really do this for this sustained amount of time. But I love it because, you know, they show him like he's... He goes in his refrigerator and he pulls out the, the frozen peas and he tapes them to his shoulder. And, you know, he's in pain. He's an older guy now. Um, he has the hearing loss. He has PTSD. Um, there's, I love the, the realness that Jeremy Renner brings to this role. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the story has me drawn in, but what really has me drawn in is watching this guy like you said he's trying to atone for some some past mistakes and now i would like to hear maybe you can explain this to me i don't remember ronan i i mean i do but i don't like what was the so ronan was ronan happened during endgame okay and ronan was he he when his family blipped when they were gone he lost it, and he so went all into of a Hawkeye's full, family blipped. His whole family, yeah, I'd his wife that. and kids okay. all went. That was horrible. Yeah, um, I, I'd forgotten and that. He was very much in a. My family didn't get to live. Why should you? Des- why you don't deserve to be here either? Is how to he felt guys, about the crime syndicates. Yeah, yeah the, not not anyone, but not bad just anyone. Guys. No, no, no. To the yeah. to the crime syndicates. He, he was and still so a good guy, after but after all of them, all he, over the world, he was a Punisher and, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very, um, very, you know, relatively appropriately named Ronan. Um, you know, no. alone, not serving anyone. Masterless samurai. But but. Just, I mean, he. There's a lot of blood on his hands from that yeah. time frame. Um, and then this family blipped back. Yeah. And yeah, and we so we see a lot of that in the Hawkeye series, uh, because the character of Ronan is kind of brought back in that, like they find his old costume and his weapons, and yeah, it's a big part of the storyline. <laughs> and um, uh, the bringing in of the Larpers was cool. That was cool. I thought that was really neat. Um, I like that. Yeah. Yep. Those some of those little things was, you know, were a lot of fun. Um, speaking of which, I, I I got a little bit of a side note about uh, Star Wars and LARPers. Um, what's the new hotel called? Uh, the Galactic Cruise Galactic or something. Cruise or something. Star Cruise. It's getting. It's getting. We we mentioned this on the last podcast. It's getting kind of bashed, but one of the uh, terms that I heard was. It's bad Star Wars LARPing. Um, like, it was LARPed on by people who had never actually watched Star Wars is, like, the kind of the comment I keep seeing repeated. So people are like, this, this isn't worth $6,000. It's more like you go to a sci-fi hotel. <laughs> like, no one's actually been yet. That's the funny thing. Uh, but this is what people are saying is it, it looks like a, a, a cheap Star Wars or you know, sci-fi set. And then they're like, oh, but it's Star Wars. Yeah, so just kind of I interesting. Be- I don't know that I would buy that. Um, I, I kind of yeah. do because I saw the video before they pulled it. Did you? Disney had to pull their vi- their advertising because they they had made a video of like this is what it looks like, and I was watching. And I'm like, that does look like a cheap like sci fi set. Um, doesn't look like you know like the Millennium Falcon or like it doesn't look yeah it doesn't look like 
the tan uh was it the Tantive four uh, it looks like a, a generic sci-fi spaceship but and then they pulled the video because that was the comments they kept getting yeah we'll have to we'll have to wait and see I, the only reason I say that is going to Batu um this is conversation for regular time in the pocket um, yeah I know I know I should have but going but to, you said to LARPers. at Disney World, um, what about people you know, who don't know what LARPers they are? Did a, they did a good job there. Um, the people that are walking around, because when you go to Galaxy's Edge, it's it's fairly immersed. Like you're. That was see, I hadn't been. You have, but that was that was what I the impression I've always been given by people like you is like apparently Galaxy's Edge has done really well. Yeah, I, I mean huh. for what it is, like you're still. And a Disney in a theme park, park yeah. with people all over the place, um, but they do a pretty good job. So I, I don't know. I so well, Tim, it is a lot of money. So you have you could have pretty high expectations. All right. What if we LARPers, have a listener who doesn't know what a LARPer is? What is LARP? Live action role play. Ah. Um, and in a live action role play event, this is where you get together, and uh, you you dress in the in the style of whatever it is. Um, I'm going to go to Knights and Dragons, you know, like Knights style. Um, I think it's easiest to, to go with. So you wear like medieval clothing, medieval armor, bring swords and, um, you know, dull Get the job done. And you, yeah, you, you fight it out. <laughs> you do some live action role play and you hang out and do battle and you stay in character the whole time. And it's a neat, fun time. It's like going to a Renaissance fair. Yeah, I used to go to those a lot. But taking it Far very more. seriously. Yeah. Like going in character and staying in character. Right. Um is the is is kind of the concept. Um so it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so we get some of that in the show. Um I like the I like the girl. I like Kate. Um that he's with. She's had her Yeah. I, uh, I also she's, like she's had a few little moments where I was like and then, and then she's almost immediately, I'm like, no, nah, I like this character. Like, I really like, I like her. Yeah. I like who she is. Um, everything in her personality is explained in her backstory. Um, so, I mean, just the way they're telling the story is is really good. Some of it's a little bit predictable, but that's okay. Um, sometimes comic books are. Yeah. And that works out really well because when there is a twist, you know, it hits you. Because certain things work out predictably, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Whoa, hey, wasn't expecting that to happen." We got that in that fourth episode when uh, Elena showed up at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's good stuff. So that's kind of where we're at um, with Hawkeye. Yeah. I. Yeah. So bottom line is, I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, my daughter and I look forward to the new episodes, even though we haven't watched the latest. We've been busy. All right. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to kind of share a spoilery bit about the last one, but it's not that bad. Oh, go ahead. Um, it'll be, honestly, for you, I think it'll be one of the least impactful pieces I, again, in the last episode. I'm not so invested in Hawkeye that I like am avoiding spoilers okay. for it. All right. So in Spider-Man, we saw a character who we weren't necessarily expecting to see. Ah, um, and he couldn't see us? He couldn't see us either. Yeah, who are we talking about here? Mm. We're talking about Murdoch. We're talking Murdoch. about so, the 
Yeah, the attorney from lawyer. Hell's Kitchen. That's right. Yep. Um, and, uh, and the actor was relatively familiar. Have you seen that actor before? Just from the Daredevil series. Oh, yeah, he played a guy named Daredevil. That's right, I forgot. All right, so they've mentioned a few times um, a boss. Remember that? Yeah. Um, uh, are you talking about I, Kingpin? Yeah, that's who the boss is. You think um, King is Kingpin showing up in Hawkeye? Kingpin is the uh, is the boss in question. Ah, I, right on. I like that. So that's that's the big the big like. And some people, myself included, are kind of hoping and thinking that's why this last episode is coming after Spider Man. Uh, I, um, I see. I think I think they're waiting on Daredevil. Well, Kingpin was also the main bad guy in uh, the Punisher series, and in uh, and Spider Man. I mean, Kingpin yeah. is a New York City bad bad dude. Yep. Um, you in know, the video game that. he's the main bad one of the main bad guys. Yeah. So that's the that's the, um, I think the impression we're supposed to get. But I don't think they said his name. The mighty mighty Boston's. Gonna let you see the rest of that episode on your own, um, but that's that tie-in, and it, that's the reason I say that is that it comes up because there was a reason that they introduced, um, you know, Murdoch the way they did. Um, you know, Daredevil has officially entered the MCU. Yeah, and it's really cool because the multiverse allows them to bring Murdoch in as Daredevil. Yeah, without the crazy crazy violence that happened in the daredevil series right that's the yeah. same face of a daredevil from an alternate universe i remember debating on that um when so matt murdoch uh the character daredevil <laughs> so there's three seasons of the show on netflix um if you haven't seen it i guess we're gonna be spoiling daredevil i guess we've already started uh we'll so as played by Charlie Cox. Well, I was just going to say, um, oh, I, I remember in watching the series, Daredevil's supposed to be a non-lethal superhero like Spider-Man or Batman. Um, but I remember in those fights, like you said, they're so brutal. I'm like, there's no way that dude's not dead. Uh, like in some of those fights. And I don't remember if he did. I'm going to go back because uh, my daughter didn't know who Daredevil was. So when we watched Spider-Man No Way Home... <laughs> Um, so since we're in spoiler zone, let's talk, let's, let's, let's be in spoiler zone. Let's talk Spider-Man No Way Home too. So in the scene where the Peter Parker needs an attorney and they bring in a blind guy named Matt Murdock. And of course it's played by Charlie Cox who played Daredevil in the Netflix series. I of course freaked out cause I love the show. Uh, yes. my daughter's never seen the show. So I'm like, well, now you gotta go back and watch Daredevil with me. That's um, the conversation I had with my son as well. He hadn't seen it either? That's nope. that's cool. Um, but yeah, do you remember being <clears throat> surprised that it is it is violent, brutally violent? Um, and me thinking, wait a minute, you tell me he didn't kill these guys? <laughs> right. So, well, and you and I talked about that, yeah. Yeah, it's it, and I guess it's really kind of a cameo in the movie uh, No Way Home, because he's only in it for not even five minutes. But it is one of the brilliant parts of the movie. Because <laughs> they're sitting in the apartment. Everything's going nuts. This is in the you know, towards the beginning of the movie. 
And, you know, the world where we left off, you know, from uh, Homecoming was the world found out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he's being blamed for the death of Mysterio and all these terrorist attacks using Stark, uh, Iron Man Stark technologies. And so outside his house, is it's just pandemonium as people are trying to, you know, see Peter Parker. And a brick flies through the window and Matt Murdock just you know, snatches it out of the air. It is such yeah. a sweet scene. <laughs> and, and Parker's reaction, he's like, whoa, how'd you do that or something? He said, I'm a good attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um and that's pretty much the extent of Matt Murdock's uh, appearance in the Spider-Man movie. But uh, I think there is discussion. Aren't they making a Daredevil movie with him? Um, I don't know. Or, or maybe that discussion has just come up because people found out he was in this movie. I would love to see it. I think, I think Charlie Cox makes an, a, a perfect Daredevil. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. So I don't of course, I'd, I'd also like to... I'd also like to see a John Barenthal Punisher movie, though. What, what can I say? Well, I think he's also, a perfect Punisher. It calls into question. So, Daredevil was not Marvel owned, right? Because it was a Netflix. Wasn't it made by Netflix? Um, Am I wrong? About I that? mean, he's a Marvel character, but as far as ownership of the TV and video rights, I, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like the same way Spider Man. Like, I know we have they have Spider Man rights right, for yeah. another Sony couple of movies. Owns it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know what the relationship is between Netflix and um, and Disney. Yeah, so just with that. interesting stuff. But it's going to be awesome because, you know, it's just we're finally getting all these characters pulled in. We're missing um, one particular group, but we'll get to that. Um, the Fantastics? Oh, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the X-Men. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, they yeah. haven't shown up in the MCU. They just... And... and Disney has full access to him now, I think, because of Fox. Um, well, so before we parse this thing out, um, best and worst. What was the best part of uh, No Way Home? <laughs> what what criticism? Maybe we should get our negative out of the way because I did I did ding at a point, maybe a point and a half. Um, okay, I have one negative. I'm probably going to be here to counter your negative. Um, that's just me guessing. Yeah, I'm probably going to argue with you. Um, I do have one negative, and then I've got a major, major positive for me. Uh, well, there's a ton of major positives. Well, yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, but, I've uh, got, I've got what I'm pretty sure is my favorite scene. Uh might be the same as mine. We'll see. What's your negative? Uh, Flint, the guy who played uh, the guy who played the guy who was Sandman. Yeah, was alive at the end of the movie. Um. So, Sandman was the first one that they cured, right? Yeah, correct. Um, up there on the top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And then immediately after, Electro shot his most intense bolts directly in the top of her crown. Yeah. Where Flint was. He was the only yeah. one up there. Uh, no, I think he was supposed to be at the bottom. But they, I think they showed like, him up as at the, the top sand there, collapsed. Yeah. I thought he, it, we'll have to go back and see again. Yeah, I gotta see. I that's got the impression that... that he was at the bottom of the tower. Like as the sand collapsed, he. I collapsed. thought about that, but I thought at but the end you're right, when he, he might have appeared. I think he disappeared window. from the from the tiara. I think he was up there looking through it when he disappeared. 
Yeah. At the end. I don't remember. So that, anyway, that's that's really that's, hard to. That's a very specific how thing. How did he when, survive? When yeah. Seen it once. Um, I mean, so it was MJ. <laughs> no, they were still in the portal when he did that one, weren't they? I don't know. Yeah. MJ. I forgot his buddy's name, too. Ned? Ned. Yeah. MJ and Ned were around you know, later in the battle, but I don't remember if they were there at that point. All right, what's your, what's, what's your, what's your ding? What's your full point? Well, it's, it's a pretty big one because I mean, it has to do with the entire story itself. I don't think Dr. Strange ever would have done this. I I just don't think he would have done it. And I certainly don't think he would have done it in a half hearted. I was about to say half, half butted sort of way. He did it. Uh, meaning, uh, Peter Parker comes in there. I want everybody to forget I'm Peter Parker. Okay. And he just starts casting a spell that could potentially destroy the entire world. Um, without even discussing, okay, wait a minute, do, do you want to, because, I mean, this guy's a former neurosurgeon, you know, and he's, he's, Dr. Strange is a very, um, a very particular guy, and in all ways, he's very careful, he's very well, you know, he, he's very strategic in how he thinks and how he acts, so it just was completely out of case, so much so that it, it genuinely bothered me that he's like, okay, I'm going to start casting the spell before we've even talked about it. You just said you want everybody to forget. Okay, it's like he didn't. Doctor Strange should have been like, okay, let's let's talk about the ramifications for a minute, and then we'll come up with the exact spell we want to cast. But instead, in the middle of the spell, he's like, okay, I fixed it. Okay, you realize that this could destroy the whole fabric of reality. Okay, but I'm going to do it. Well, this could destroy the fa like. I'm like, dude, you're sitting there explaining all the reasons why Doctor Strange wouldn't do this. <laughs> Um, and that's not an excuse for you to do it. So that was a pretty big ding for me. This whole thing was really irresponsible. Now, Spider-Man does, in Iron Man, same way, Thor, same way. These are the type of guys that get carried away and they'll do something that it's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Doctor Strange isn't that guy. Um, so, yeah, here's my thing with, with Strange. Um, yeah. So I, and I've kind of got two counterpoints. So one, am I, am I wrong? It, it seems like they've done this. Like he said that they've done it. Yeah, he had, he had used this spell before. Yeah, right. So it's something he's done. He's practiced this specific spell and should work fine. Should be which okay. was funny when they did that. Um, right. Um, <laughs> you remember that time you did this? That, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the second part of that is the other guy was always somewhat serious, but was really, really, really serious in this movie now that he is Sorcerer Supreme. Did you notice yeah. how intense and serious the other guy was? Yeah. And Strange is like, I'm not that guy anymore. Like, you mm. want to be the boss? I'm not the boss anymore. I'm still probably more powerful than you, but I'm not the boss anymore. Still. Like, it probably, I mean, if you take everything that happened with him, all of Endgame, <laughs> the no longer being Sorcerer Supreme, um, it probably took him and chilled him out a little bit. Well, it's I agree with a... that. Like I before Endgame, I don't think Strange would have even considered casting it. But he even says, you know, sometimes I forget you're a kid. You've been through a lot. Like I can see him being talked into casting the spell. But even that, I think, is like, well, he would need some convincing. I just don't see him just. All right, let's go down to the basement and do this. And then in the middle of the spell, they're talking about what the spell's going to do. Like, why would you start casting before you discussed it? That, that just, it just, it wasn't right. And there's no way to con 
convince me otherwise, I don't think. Because that like was so out of character. One more thing, real quick, while we're talking yeah. about Endgame, because this is important to me. Um, I'm still really upset. Not Endgame, Infinity War. Yeah. I'm still pretty bothered that Star Lord was dumb enough to to it's mess with Thanos in the middle of all their stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That he yeah woke him up basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. All they do is take if they took the glove off of them. Yeah. <clears throat> he could have beat him senseless and got whatever information he wanted. They just need to get the glove off him first. Well, you're you're doing kind of a deep cut now of things gone by. I mean, are we gonna we could criticize some things on Marvel? But anyway, that that was a full I'm point saying, ding. I'm just saying that, that I'm mad Star Lord for making that mistake too. <laughs> bad the Star same Lord. Way you're mad at at Doctor Strange. Well, I'm not <clears> mad <throat> at him. I'm I'm mad at the, I don't. I think it's bad writing. And that's why I lost the whole point of what was otherwise a really awesome, brilliant, really fun, really heartfelt movie. But that's bad writing to me because that character wouldn't do that. But for this, to to make a movie, they made a character do something he wouldn't have done. Um, that, that that's what I mean. It's just not. It's like you know Spider Man murdering someone just because he took his parking spot or something. It's like no, he's he. That's just not who he is. And Doctor Strange just wouldn't do this. Uh, so that's, that's a big hang-up for me. And if I sit here and think about it, it, it bothers me. But that having been put out there, that's my criticism. Now I'm going to gush because the rest of this is amazing. And again, it, it that's a pretty serious flaw in that the entire movie is based on something that I think was bad writing and was, you know... Shouldn't have I'd ever like to happened. go on record here from uh, from our Tim's certain point, point of view, view. Um, that I don't necessarily agree. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different, and I I completely understand where you're coming from with the character, and I I think there are some some differences which actually lends itself to the depth of the characters that are written by by the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. um, and that we can debate their. Well, their core structuring, um, yeah. which I like. Like I said, I could, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, I, know. I, understand I think he saying. evolved personally, like you said. I, I do, and I think he did want to help Peter Parker. I, I just thought they did it more abruptly than they could have used a few more minutes to but, get him yeah. ready for it. Yeah, but then there wouldn't have been a movie. Um, right. So why don't you right. give your favorite scene? Favorite scene. So this goes back to you had recommended people go back and watch the movies, right? Um, yes, yes because... One. Oh my gosh, go ahead. My least favorite Spider-Man from the movies is Andrew Garfield. I was going to say that too. My most favorite movie, uh, moment in the movie, <coughs> is what? The Dive? Yes. Yes, that was mine too. MJ. Oh my gosh. Dude. That was oh, huge. Because if you haven't seen the, the... I mean, I guess we're spoilers for all the Star Wars movies. Or Star Wars... Uh, Spider-Man movies. Um, yeah, Gwen Stacy is uh, is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's love interest. And she dies when he's <laughs> unable to save her in a fall. And yeah. they recreate this. Only now it's Tom Holland's MJ... Uh, Michelle Jones. I didn't realize her name wasn't Mary Jane until this movie. Um, but they, he saves her in the exact kind of situation. And oh my gosh, man! Like there might have the. I guess the theater I was in was really dusty because I got a bunch of stuff in my eyes. 
and uh, you know, my eyes started uh, tearing up a little bit because all the yep. dust in the room. Uh, dust right. In the room. Yeah. It was mine was dusty too. Oh, we went to the same theater <laughs> different times. We actually did go to the same theater. Yeah. I gotta get that cleaned up. It was yeah, rough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Because MJ, he saves her, and she looks at him, and they're and Andrew Garfield was my favorite Spider-Man in this movie. Um, which he's is so good in this movie. He's he was so really good, good in his movies too. He was, uh, like I said, when I say he's my least favorite, I, he was still awesome. Um, it's just I really, Tobey Maguire was my favorite, um, and I like Tom. Tom Holland's amazing. Um, so yeah, saying Andrew Garfield's, you know, my least favorite of the Spider Man is like saying, you know, Return of the Jedi uh, is your least favorite of the, of the original trilogy. 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 That's that's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, still awesome. Um, yeah. And I actually, I'm so glad I did this. I went back because those are the Spider Man movies I'm least familiar with. I went back and rewatched the first Andrew Garfield Spider Man movie, and I'm so glad I did. Um, it's really funny. I watched the first one, but didn't watch the second one either. Yeah. <laughs> well, we ran out of time. We literally were watching it um, right before we left for the theater. Um, That's because, what I did. Yeah, my daughter and I both... Well, she she doesn't remember the Tobey Maguire ones. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so we had the same favorite moment, huh? Same exact favorite moment, yes. When he... <clears throat> and you could you could see it, and... There was there was that very yeah, brief yeah, moment acting was, was when, awesome. Yeah, when when Tom Holland jumped for her and Goblin got him and stopped yeah. him from saving her. Yep. There was that 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 tiniest little moment right before yeah. Andrew Garfield jumped for her, where you knew he was going to jump for her. Yeah. Like I had that. I was like, he's gonna save her. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to get his his yeah. redemption. Like, just the concept of him going back home, going, you know, she's still there for him. Yeah. He doesn't know that she's forgotten everything. But she's still there for him, and and I was able to save her. Like, it's, oh, a, it's huge. It's a personal redemption for him, um, which is, well, is just crazy. And I got to wonder how much time has passed in those other universes, because... They give a hint. So, yeah, so Aunt May dies. Um, and Tom Holland is now having his existential crisis. And uh, the two Spider-Men, you know, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield show up. And um, they're talking to, you know, MJ about, well, where would he go to think? And she's like, the roof of the high school. And when they're up there and they're starting to talk to him, when, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are talking to him, and it makes it sound like they got really, well, Garfield especially got really dark in his universe. Because he started talking about, like, working more towards vengeance. And about how it's something, like, so it sounded like, uh, so Tobey Maguire, you know, he killed, uh, not on purpose, but in fighting Green Goblin, he killed... Uh, Osborne, right? And Doc mm-hmm. Ock and all that. But he it seemed like he, because he had his MJ, and they got married, and it seemed like he was working through that. Whereas Garfield in his universe, I, I wish we could I wish we could make some more Andrew Garfield movies as an older Spider-Man because it, it feel like he might have gone a Hawkeye Ronin route almost because I don't think that he, he went that seemed, dark. 
But he, well, no, I'm 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 exaggerating, but he definitely yeah. in that moment and Garfield did so good in this movie. Um cuz he was sitting there and he had the tears in his eyes and but it was he had anger when uh and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I can't remember word for word. I only saw it the one time, but he was like, "Yeah, you go to a really dark place." And it seemed like maybe he had become a little bit darker version of Spider-Man than we were used to. Um and of the three, Tom Holland well, seems like have, hmm? he didn't yeah, have he, Gwen to pull him back. Like, it, he didn't exactly, have that love interest that girl. Like he didn't have that person. Which <clears> means pull him back. that we do potentially have Star Wars multiverse. Or, I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, Spider-Man multiverses where Spider-Man does go full on Punisher Dark. Um, well, I mean, which would be interesting by to see of the multiverse. Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, yeah. And I will say that my biggest actual disappointment in the movie, yeah, was that there was no hinting to other universes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hope it comes up. Like I would have loved to have seen, yeah. Well, like a Miles like, Morales or Gwen <laughs> Stacy Spider Man. Those, those types of things. Yeah. Like they made a joke about it. Oh yeah, somewhere out yeah. there, there's a black Spider Man, and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, which was fine that they did, but I was like, we know who it is. But yeah. Why don't we see it? And it's a lot to, like, you Well, it would have been to too much, a, I think. Well, that, that's the difference. You didn't have to do any backstory for these guys. Yeah. Um, And the way they did it, like, I know you haven't seen, you haven't seen Spider-Verse, right? Yeah, I have. I love that movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought you hadn't seen it. So, the way they did the backstories in that, because it was a cartoon and the, the style that they did that, they gave them all the little intros. Yeah, actually worked really well, and they could do it fast to move on. It wouldn't have worked in this movie. No, but there's no explanation to why, you know, multiple bad guys and the Spider-Man came through from these two different universes, from different time frames in the universes. Yeah, and not from any other universes. Um, yeah, and I would argue that you know along the you know, however you measure distances between multiverses, that these two were, and I'm doing my hand quotes here, closest. I uh, um, yeah, that was my and, assumption. But I, I just I wish that that would have been stated somewhere. Why why is it just stuff coming through from these two? Yeah, Doctor Strange um, should have said like the the two that exist, you know side by side with our universe are starting to pour through right. and then eventually why it'll get bigger. Why didn't Kirsten Dunst come through? I wanted her to come through. Why didn't, uh, you know, like there's just different pieces like that where it's like, well, where's this person or where's this person? You know, like, yeah. um, okay, and, here's and my question why, for you. Why right before their moment of deaths, like no matter how long ago it might have been. So like you got Norman Osborn there who's been dead for a long time, but Tobey Maguire's, he's aged. So years have gone by since that. I mean, he's married, and I think he even said they had kids. So is he about to die? Yeah, maybe that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. Something going on? Like, is something going on in his they get timeline? In right before his they die. last moment? Yeah. Well, so just I don't know. It's bizarre. Um, and what's so, going to happen to his timeline when Doc Ock goes back and isn't evil? Anyway. Um, so when so Doc Ock is our first extra dimensional character to show up. All right, well, hold on. Before them, I have one more because you already yeah. mentioned it, and I want to talk about it real quick. Okay. When they were doing all this this crisis talk, and so obviously a little bit into the movie, you already mentioned it. May dies. Yeah. 
which was also horrible. Um, yeah. But it, it then lent itself to the... So when I watched these movies, we didn't get an origin story for Spider-Man, for Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man, not really, um, with Tom Holland. Right. Not Iron Uncle Man just ben knows that this part. kid is doing this. And, you know, we always work under the assumption that it was because we've already had two Spider-Man franchises in the last 20 years. Yeah. And they've both done an origin story and people know. Right. So we didn't need to spend the time on it. So my big thing is I always assumed that Ben was still around at some point and died. Until this movie. I, I assumed there was still an Uncle Ben who we didn't see die. Yeah. And this movie kind of makes it seem like there wasn't. But in the first Spider-Man movie... No, no, no. In Civil War, <clears throat> he says it. He said, maybe there was still a Ben. Because he said it. He said, when you... Oh, how did he... How did he we need to go back and watch it. Because I, when you I honestly do the don't things, remember though. He said, when you can do the things that I can do and you don't, when bad things happen, they're your fault. No. That's what he said. Yeah. He said, when you can do the things I can do and you don't, when the bad things happen, they're your fault. That's what Spider-Man said to Tony um, when they first met. Yeah. And so that's what made it seem like Ben still died because he, you know, didn't foil a robbery he could have foiled or whatever happened yeah um so maybe that did still happen but the way they said it you know he was like oh you know they were like well this is your big moment my big moment was when my uncle ben died and he wasn't like oh my uncle ben died too (laughs) you know like like just the fact that that conversation never happened i i liked i liked the way they pointed out that there are some pretty significant differences in the multiverses which I thought they drove home with that, that uh, Garfield and Maguire both mentioned, yeah, Uncle Ben died and had said with great power comes great responsibility. And then they were like, and this is your, and he's like, because Aunt May said something similar to that as she was dying. She said the exact same thing. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they use this as that cathartic moment for Tom Holland. I... For long term, meaning hopefully there's going to be more Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland coming up, um, I think that this sets the stage perfectly for the Tom Holland Spider-Man because the stage was set correctly for Garfield and Maguire and that it gave the comic book origin. You know, it gets the power and then he refuses to stop a burglar and that burglar ends up killing his uncle and blah, 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 becomes superhero. Um, yeah, Holland doesn't really, that's not explained but one of my huh? inverse.com says uh, Moonlight is notably while the moment is never shown it is referenced and confirmed that Peter's uncle Ben Parker has already died as well yeah well was two days ago right after the movie came out so one of my biggest problems with Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man <laughs> nothing to do with Tom Holland meaning the writing of, of oh, this, this. All right, here we go. franchise is that They've turned him into a uh, Tony Stark Jr. And that he's got this suit that has, you know, all this uh, Stark technology. And so I was super excited that at the end of this movie, all that's gone. And now he is, 
you know, motivated by having seen what happened to his Aunt May, but he is the anonymous, uh, you know, guy living out of a cheap apartment, you know, making a handmade costume. In other words, he becomes the original Spider-Man. Um, I'm really excited for that because it always did bother me that, you know, Spider-Man always lived on his wits and was always kind of, you know, Peter Parker was always struggling. And now all of a sudden, you know, here's Iron Man. I'm going to give you a, a billion dollar suit that does all this cool stuff. It's like Spider-Man doesn't need all that. That always did bother me. Um, so I was really, really excited that at the end of this, basically they're setting the stage for a whole new Spider-Man <laughs> franchise based on the original character. I love that. Of who Spider-Man's supposed to be and him starting yeah. from nothing. And, he lost, yeah. this time though, he lost his aunt. And now, you know, he's in there sewing his own costume and living in this you know, cheap apartment. I even think, it's because I imagine they are going to make another movie, I would, I would think. I even think he's going to end up going to J. Jonah Jameson as a freelance photographer to get those pictures of Spider-Man, just like he did in the, in the comic books. Yeah, and that would be cool. So here's my big question on that. Where's Edith? Who's Edith? I got a better question. What's Edith? (laughs) So Edith is the artificial intelligence software built into the glasses that Tony left him. Um, And he gets them back at the end of the last movie. Yeah. uh, I'm not sure how the spell works, but it seems like all record of peter parker's gone like that's why he was taking his ged because he has to there's no school records of peter parker so edith wouldn't know anything about peter parker there is no peter parker and any record of peter parker i guess would have to be okay gone. let's talk a little bit more about that it's In not that he universes just the one i would think because that was the whole point was to keep everything in our universe the spell was calling in everyone that knew who peter parker was but that's because he broke it in the middle yeah that that was the mistake right um yeah he got messed up so it's calling through people that knew who he was from other universes so i think when he cast it correctly hopefully it would only affect this universe i mean i'm just assuming i don't know i don't know i mean just cause some like when he cast this, did this expand elsewhere? Like, oh. did Tobey Maguire go back to a universe where... MJ didn't know him? MJ I, don't, know I wouldn't him. think so. Because, again, the point was, just in this one universe, they were never supposed to be breaching the, the universes to begin with. Yeah. All right, spider- now, I never wanted to say this before, but I want to say it now that we've watched the movies. You got my, I got two more things. Yeah. Two things that I didn't think were going to happen, but thought would have been interesting if they had. Yeah. Um, one was the death of a Spider-Man. I thought uh, Tobey Maguire was going to die. And it's really funny because I said that to, to, to my kid. I said, hey, I said, I said they're probably coming back. Like, we know that, but mm, I bet one of them, you know, one of them kicks it. I, <laughs> I would have... Talk about a way to end their franchise permanently. Like, it's done. Yeah. I thought um, Osborne, when he stabbed uh, Tobey Maguire in the back, I was like, that's it. I, I thought that was it. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. Um, so And I thought he was, too. Like, it seemed like it. I was like, oh, he's gone. That happened. All right. Um, Man, I love that scene where they're up there talking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what's the coolest thing? I battled an alien. 
It's like, you battled an alien? I battled one in outer space. You went to outer space? And then uh, Andrew Garfield's like, well, I feel pretty lame. Which is, there's a lot of meta involved in that. Because, yes. you know, Garfield's you know franchise got canceled the fastest and with the most criticism. So he's like, I feel kind of lame. And they're like, no, man, you're awesome. You're the you're an amazing, amazing. Spider-Man. You're yeah, amazing. and I was like, yeah. yes, they said it. And yeah, the, the so there was a lot of meta there, too, where I think the three actors were like, this is awesome that we get to reprise these roles and we're together. And I, I don't know. It's just so, so cool on so many levels. Because pieces to every one of them, which was yeah. really... Again, McGuire's my my favorite when it comes to the movies, but in this movie, Garfield was my favorite Spider-Man. Um, yeah, and again, nothing is Holland. He, they're all amazing. So, one scene <laughs> I got to talk about, so I don't forget about it. <laughs> this I thought this was so stinking funny. I thought this was so hilarious. Now, I did not see Carnage. Did you see Venom Carnage? I have not seen Carnage yet. I'm going to spoil it for you. Sorry, buddy. Okay. Um, the, the, you know, the end credit scenes, the post credit scenes, mm-hmm. it shows, um, now I did go on YouTube and watch this because my daughter's like, you got to watch, she, she had seen the movie. She's like, you got to watch the end credit before we watch Spider-Man. So I, I watch it and it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, Venom, you know, Tom Hardy, who's one of my favorite all-time actors. And I, the Venom movie, I didn't see Carnage because I heard it wasn't that great. Um, Venom itself, I just thought was okay. It, it I has like nothing Venom to... without Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm with Exactly. You. It, it, it yep. doesn't have anything to do with the origin of... I, I actually have the comic books uh, series uh, where Venom is introduced in the Spider-Man series, you know. I have those comic books. Um and it's always been one of my favorite story arcs. But, uh, yeah, so the Venom movie doesn't have any of that. But anyway, I, I love Tom Hardy. Um, but the end credit of Carnage is he's in a hotel on a beach somewhere in Mexico. And he's talking to Venom. Uh, you know, Eddie Brock, Tom, Tom Hardy, is talking to Venom. Uh, and Venom's like, you don't know how crazy it is being a symbiote, the things I've seen. And Hardy's like, well tell me something he's like oh you couldn't handle it your little brain couldn't handle it he's like well try me and all of a sudden like he all this weird stuff happens and this huge bright light uh, happens and everything's different like the room is suddenly much nicer there's all this stuff in there and hardy's like what was that and venom's like i didn't do that and what it was was the portal opening dragging them into the universe so we go into the no way home thinking venom's gonna be in this and he is <laughs> for one scene. Did you you saw the post credit scenes, right? I did. I love it so much that during all of this craziness, when you got Doctor, I mean Doctor Octopus, you got the Green Goblin, you got Electro and Lizard Man and Sandman, and they're all fighting with three different Spider Mans in New York. That whole time, Venom is in a bar in Mexico. And the bartender's sitting there telling him all the stories about the Avengers. And he's like, wait, there's a guy named Hulk? What What are you talking about? I love that so much. And then as he finally gets the story told to him, he's like, huh. And then the portal opens up and sends him back to his reality again. <laughs> I'm like, that's all Venom did was just sit in a bar and talk about it. And oh, I just thought that was so hilarious. And I thought that was a great, like, 
I would. I really want to see because he said that we should go to uh, we should go to New York and look the Spider Man guy up. Um, I think he said and before he disappeared again. Right. And I'm like, and did I don't have you watched the uh, show Ted Lasso? No. Ah, the guy, the bartender in that Carnage or Venom scene rather is from the TV show Ted Lasso, and he is oh. so funny in that show. Anyway, so the. I guess my other little complaint, um, not complaint so much, but I still found it odd. Um, so that little bit of symbiote that's left at the end, mm-hmm. um, the implication being that it can you know, self-replicate and become bigger and stronger. And we got a Venom in the Tom Holland universe. Venom in the, in the MCU, yeah. Yeah. Um, if everything was pulled back by the spell. Yeah, why was that left? Why was that left? Um, well, that my daughter... Now, so now the, the symbiote. Okay, go on. The symbiote is from the other universe. Yeah. So, did the spell impact it? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. Or does he know that Peter but Parker is Spider-Man? He might not care, because uh, I think they said they wanted to look up Spider-Man. They didn't. I don't think he said. But Peter if the guy Parker. told him, because all the stuff is going on, and now the whole world at that point knew that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. You know, and well, then it then, turns out Spider-Man's actually just this kid in New York named Peter Parker. Like, that could have been in that conversation. Yeah, but then once the spell's cast, it goes back to, oh, there's some dude named Spider-Man who runs around New York, but they don't by know who By that he is. guy, but not by what he's already heard. By the symbiote. But, I mean, why wouldn't the symbiote forget, like, everybody else? Because he's from a different universe. Why did the symbiote stay and not and travel that, back? That was what my daughter said, too, because I, I had a similar question. She's like, well, the symbiotes, maybe they're kind of not affected by the multiverse the way other creatures are. Yeah. So and it might be. Although Venom was clearly confused when they ended up in, you know, the Tom Holland universe. Well, yeah, naturally. So that was... <laughs> but I, I just thought that was hilarious, that that's the cameo that Venom makes, is that he's sitting in a bar the entire time. So throughout that yeah, whole, the whole through the whole yeah. movie, he's been there the whole time. Yeah, and then it makes you wonder who else came through. Yeah, I and where did exactly. They come I I really? wanted to see a Deadpool. I, I thought that would have been hilarious, um, or a Wolverine or something. But um, yeah, but still, uh, that was that was awesome. All right, other honorable mention moments. Um, how did um, you like how they brought the Spider Man like? When they introduced McGuire and uh, Garfield I, in the movie. I really like that with the portals. Yeah, yeah that um, was cool. The only thing about that that I didn't like yeah. was at this point, they didn't try a third time to find... Oh, uh, to find Peter Parker. Yeah, like I thought yeah, that was a little weird. They that's like, true. How are I... we going to find him now? I'm like, just say the same words again. I, I got to be honest, that didn't occur to me. That's funny. <laughs> Because you're right, like, that would have been the easy answer. Because they just stopped. They're like, and this, and when Garfield first came through, because he was the first one, right? Yeah, Garfield yeah. was first. Garfield came through, and he was just like, "Hey, well, I'm <laughs> Spider-Man," and they're like, "Well, you don't seem like Spider-Man." He goes, "But I am," and then he just stayed there. Like I feel yeah. like he'd be like, "All right, kids, I have to go," because something weird's going on, and he would have left. Well, like, no, I thought they explained that pretty well. Because he was like, I'm in this universe, it's not mine. He knew he was something wrong was happening, and it would have 
Yeah, and that Ned and MJ knew something about it. And they kind of so, seemed to understand. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah. that. Uh, I love that was... he, he just reaches up and is hanging from the ceiling by his fingers. And he's like, not enough? No? And they throw the bread at him. It's hilarious. Yeah, it, they did a good job with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I was like, just just, just do the thing again. Just make the portal and go. I like that at the end, too, with Strange. He goes, wait, did you just make a portal? Yeah. Goes, yeah. Is... And I want to know how much of this fight they forgot. Did they just forget that they were there when... Peter Parker was there. Like it seemed like they were just back to their normal lives and that he yeah. had no knowledge of his doing magic. So is it everything that he's done with Spider-Man and Peter Parker or like, I don't it know would... enough about the spell to know. Cause at this point it seemed like he was going to get involved in, you know, the magic side of it. Yeah, it did seem like Ned might be a potential. And he might still, yeah, I mean, sorcerer. strange or does strange even know? No, Strange clearly does not, because he said that that was a pretty emotionally powerful moment too. When Strange yeah. was like, "Yeah, it's good knowing you, kid." Every or, he said he said yeah. everyone who knows and loves you, we will all forget. Yep, that's what he said. And yep, so he told Strange has forgotten Peter Parker. Um, all of them have the the Avengers have forgotten him. Um, which I do, again, like that this means he's now, like, happy, won't know who he is, and he won't have access to Stark Tech and all that, which I like that part of it. Which, does that mean happy doesn't remember Aunt May? Which would be a good thing. Yeah. I don't like Probably. seeing happy uh, brokenhearted. Um, I mean, think about... <laughs> Did happy meet... I don't know, there's a lot that goes into into that like do they know spider-man existed at all i mean they know like well they, they know do. spider-man they don't know peter parker right so, so may is part of peter parker not spider-man necessarily i guess i don't know like you said that there's a lot of questions we i mean we could probably pull at this a lot yeah i don't know what's coming up in the next hawkeye episode mm-hmm. but like hawkeye's in new york and it's later and i think the time frame is around the same here and if Spider-Man swings over, he's not going to know that's Peter Parker. Which that, I don't think they spent a lot of time together anyway, but still. Yeah, they they would have known who each other were. So yeah. that that actually, oh, that's a good point. They might be timing the Hawkeye episodes to be able to explain why he wouldn't know who Spider-Man was. Uh-huh. Like, he would know who Spider-Man was, but not know his identity, his secret well, identity. I think... I think Murdoch was supposed to be introduced in Spider-Man, and somebody's going to show up in this last episode. Like, something something in this last episode, there's a reason that it came out, I think. Because Marvel, like, the way the MCU runs their stuff, yeah, they, t- they time it out. There's a reason that this last episode is happening right before, or right after the Spider-Man movie. There has yeah. to be. Um, it's possible there's not, but there has to be. Oh, that's what I was going to say. No, this wasn't a disappointment. Um, so the 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 Tobey Maguire dying scene, not dying scene, but you know, when yeah, he when he gets die. stabbed by Osborne. Yeah. The other thing that I said, and I only said this to my brother. I didn't say it to anybody else because I didn't, I didn't want my words out there because it wasn't a thing. Could you imagine if Tony had come through? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have this. liked that. That would have overly complicated it. It would have made it really complicated. Yeah. Especially if it was from like a a borderline mirror universe, 
Yeah. Where Peter died, not Tony. I'm I'm glad they kept it with the people they kept it with. Like I would have liked to have seen there's a lot of people I would have liked to have seen, like I said, but like yeah. When they hinted at him a cameo maybe. Yeah, Um, you'll start to see the freezes in the background of when the other people started to come through. Yeah. The other villains and stuff. You'll start to see those, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what other super memorable things. Just overall, what a what an incredible movie. Uh, emotionally, a great roller coaster. In that the scenes that were heartfelt were extraordinarily you know, powerful, like the Garfield scene and Aunt May, and there's well, some and really good him, stuff in that. Even him swinging around with her and her being like, "This is horrible. Don't ever do this again." With MJ, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even that was was realistic to what it was, you know. Like for him to be able to maintain and handle that swinging around, yeah. But for someone else to just be dragged up and and flown through the air like that, oh, it'd be terrifying. Would be terrifying <laughs> and uncomfortable and miserable, you know. Yeah. Like, and it it almost seemed like like I could see people looking at it going, "Why are we just watching her yell?" But it provides a little more realism to the characters and what they're, you know, what they're doing and what they're going through. Um, you know, J. Jonah Jameson's, you know, online thing. I'm still yeah, about, I like him better as a newspaper reporter, but in but, the MCU, a newspaper reporter wouldn't have made much sense as a, yeah, as a major thing. Like in I did like that era, they changed yeah. him over to make it more modern, but I, I like that he looked, awkward doing it because like yeah he's, he's a newspaper guy trying to make a transition to a internet reporter yeah to still stay yeah yeah um and i love that they kept that actor so i, I love the the pieces that are the same in the universes you know the the murdoch um J. jonah jameson like when you have these yep. consistencies it shows that that we are in these you know these the, the multiverse exists because and... it's the same actor from the toby mcguire uh, right. J. Jonah Jameson, but I I don't remember if Andrew Garfield had a J. Jonah Jameson that was that guy because he had that cop that was Dennis Leary, right? Who's, but one other thing I, I need to point out because I thought this was so beautifully written was at the end when uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, everything's gone back and everybody's forgotten who he is, and he's got his speech about how he's going to try to win, you know win MJ back and meet her, you know, for her for the first time. It's so emotionally powerful, but he goes in there and she's she's got that band-aid on her forehead from where she got injured in the fight. Yes. And he said, Oh, what happened? Are you okay? And she said, it doesn't hurt as much as it did. Doesn't hurt, yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, you want to talk about like a line full of meaning. Yeah. Um that because was, he that was intense. That really was. And like in Tom Holland, the actor plays it so well, like you can see the tears starting in his eyes, but he just kinda keeps this kind of smile on his face like he's you know, like, oh, I don't know you, but uh you know, I mean it's so well acted. But him processing her knowing him had caused her a lot of pain and then her to say it doesn't hurt as much as it used to. Yeah. And him then realizing I should probably just leave her alone. So, um, wow. Bottom line with Spider-Man, um, you know, one of the biggest problems with the Thor movie, the first Thor movie, I think, was that it was so much of a love story. Yeah. Um, but the Padme Spider-Man story itself is a love story. 
um, everything in Spider-Man is him trying to do the right thing while trying to struggle financially and and be with the woman that he loves in, well, in yeah. every version of Spider-Man. I mean, I, and you know, like that's I know that's the the main idea of everything, but but like yeah, Spider-Man sp- in general yeah. is a is a love story. Period. Yeah, which means you know, if there are more Spider-Man movies, it is possible that at some point she does find out and yeah. that it somehow allows her memory to be returned. I don't know. We'll if see. If her memory is ever returned, yeah. she's going to be pissed. Well, I don't like, I don't perceive like that you, happening. You realize that, right? Like if, if it happens, if her memory comes back. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know how mad she's going to be? I don't see why her memory would come back. Something and I don't know that that's a storyline I'd be interested in anyway about seeing MJ be mad that like her memory was erased because the whole universe found out who he was and tried to destroy everything. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I, no. Not that not that the universe found not that they erased her memory <clears throat> that he's been coming back and has been there with her and didn't say anything to her. Well, she to her, he's still a stranger. I, I mean, right. and if her memory comes back, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, these are super hypotheticals. Meaning, we have he promised he promised no he would find her, come in, and and yeah, try to well, win her back. And he did. And I I agree with him for not doing it. It is very Spider Man to not do it. It is yeah. very Spider Man to let her live her life and go on and do his thing. Yeah, it's exactly. Spider Man thing to do. However, and she's heading off is, to Boston anyway. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see that storyline of MJ finds out and now she's mad. Uh, that's, well, you're probably going to. Uh, yeah. Like I don't like. I see hit more of him like always keeping an eye out for, her, but I don't ever see it. Like I don't know. If so, I don't know. Uh, these are like such hypotheticals that based on yeah, rules we don't even understand at this point. No, well, that's cool. So we're going to find out. I, mean, I, I guess we're going to find out next time. Um, but that um, line where she says it doesn't hurt as much anymore, uh, that was so powerful. <laughs> it was. It really was. Yeah. Um, and then seeing Ned just happy scrolling through his phone. Yeah. Then the first um, the first Andrew Garfield movie, when uh-huh. he's first telling Gwen... He's trying to tell him, tell her who he is. Yeah. And he's all like fumbling over his words and messing up. And he goes, I was, I've been bitten. Yeah. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. She goes, I've been bitten too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's that. Yeah. On the balcony Uh, after they had dinner with the dad. Yeah. See, that is, is not standing on the balcony of Naboo. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. was good quality. Like young people falling for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, I agree. Gosh, and now we're back to Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. We've yeah. done it. Yeah. So that's Bottom pretty much. Line, I love this movie. I love. I, it. I cannot me too. wait to watch it again. Um, I really need to convince my wife to want to see it, so I can justify going to buy another ticket and taking her. There you um, go. That's my that's my plan. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I yeah again yeah it's a it's a must see for any Star uh, Spider Man fan. 
Um, yeah, I loved it. I can't think of any other specific highlights that I'd want to discuss. Um, because I mean, if I watch it again, I'd be like, "Oh, this, 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 and this." But yeah, there's so there's, I mean, there's so there's much. So good. much. The whole movie is okay. So well I, done. I just thought of another one. I well, love. We didn't talk about it all, but you go ahead. I loved seeing those villains redeemed. Thank you. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I did. Lo- I love that. I love that. That was what Tom Holland set out to do against everyone's wishes. And he did it. And I love seeing Doc Ock and, you know, be a good guy again. And yeah, I just love seeing those villains redeemed. The only one I didn't, all of them, I guess, were redeemed. Um, I never felt, Sandman was never truly a bad guy. I mean, he did bad things, but like he I was think, the most sympathetic of all those guys, I thought. Yeah, well, well, Electra was pretty sympathetic. One, I think in, in this movie, Sandman, like when he took off, I think he was just trying to get to the box to push the button and turn everything back and go home. He was. His, I don't think he had yeah. any intent of trying to hurt anyone or kill anyone. Like he wasn't out to do bad stuff or stay. Nope. He just wanted to hit the button. And um, he was he was Parker's first ally of the of the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like he protected him from Electro and and yeah, yeah. Sandman was a, a very sympathetic character, and then Doc Ock when he got his chip fixed and he was. Back to being the nice guy. And he, oh, I he, was, the nano, he kept the nanotech my, with the arms. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the you know, the Stark Tech versus Doctor Octavius Tech. Um, but um, yeah, and doing the whole my boy, you know what he always used to say when he was a good guy, <laughs> and even seeing Norman Os- Osborn redeemed. Um, Harry would have been fun to see. Harry Osborn. Yeah. Now uh, with Norman, well, and they did. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did it the way they did it. Um, yeah. And it's still one of the brilliant things about that character, and one of the brilliant things about that actor, and the writing of that character is it is still so hard to know when he knew what was going on versus when he didn't. When Norman, yeah, and his split personality, like how much he actually knew. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Or when he was one guy versus the other, like you could hear the voice changes, but they weren't. Uh, Willem Dafoe's amazing. He's, yes, I was going to say, he, he was one of the most perfect portrayals of a character yeah. that I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And he, he, it's, yeah. it's almost a shame that, that in a movie of this style, he's not going to he's probably not going to get the awards that he deserves yeah. for the portrayal of that character. Cause it's such a serious character. It's such a major role. Uh, he has that, every part of it so well. He, he <clears throat> has that ability that there's something you can see something change just in his eyes. It's not even like his entire facial features change or anything, but just his eyes will suddenly change and you're like, Whoa, yeah. okay. Bad, you know, <clears throat> bad guy just took over. And uh, yeah, he he's amazing. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. And I loved the I liked the way they did the. Uh, I'll tell you the only thing I didn't like about the prison. I like they yeah. called it a uh, wizard's dungeon. Um, yeah. But the only thing I didn't like about the dungeon was mm-hmm. when he transported the tree in. Yeah. Um, the fact that the tree broke it provided argument that Octavius's arms could have broken it. Broke what? I know they were, well, I guess they were still under control, but 
Sandman or like somebody could have done something. I don't know. It just seemed weird. What did the tree break? When he transported the tree into the dungeon. Yeah. The tree broke through the walls of it. Of the cell it was in. I I think it was just too big. Like none of them were too big for their cells. Like Sandman can expand I guess but I mean still I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> there were little things. There were little things that made me question. Like Electro was like, "Oh, I like the power here," and then you saw the lights kind of flicker outside. Yeah, I wondered about that too. I'm like, does that mean he? It seems like he can exercise power outside that cell. Yeah, can he pull so the power I don't know what that from was the cell? About. Well, the cell was magic, not power. But yeah, yeah, like outside that, he could yeah. hold. Like I don't know, it's just strange. Little thing, nothing that mattered. Nothing it's that Doctor Strange movie. Just stuff that's fun to <laughs> Doctor Strange. Just stuff that's fun to talk about. Yeah, um, which is this is exactly what I wanted in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't care who your favorite Spider-Man is; he's in it. Exactly. Um, you know, I don't care who your favorite bad guy is, because um, it obviously wasn't Vulture as much as I love Michael Keaton. Um, yeah. You know, your favorite bad guy was probably in this one. You know, like all of these things. Just, it was just beautifully done. Yeah, it was. And, it gave it gave an opportunity to to give um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield a, a place in the MCU, which they deserved. Which they deserve, and yep. and Willem Dafoe a place in the MCU, which he did. Yep. You know, like, but it, it but really it gave those characters and those actors a place in the MCU, which they belonged in, yep. um, and allows us to continue the story, knowing that their stories are relevant and there in in all of this. Well, that makes um, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man the first MCU movie. Dun, dun, dun. Hello? I'm listening. Okay. Because, I mean, it came out before all the others. Did it? It yeah. did. Uh, by, by a good amount, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Technically, now that's the first MCU movie. Yeah, because it was like six years before Iron Man, because Iron Man's officially the first, isn't it? Not anymore. But yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Which I think is kind of cool, because I'm a Spider-Man fan. Because I'm a Spider-Man fan. <laughs> did you just did you just realize that? Was that a, was that a you? Uh... Yeah. That's a me. That's exciting. That is exciting, isn't it? Yeah, hmm. he's like they're like they're. Well, when were the no? Because the Garfields were after. Yeah, they were so, in like 2012, I think. So if you're gonna ask me what year Tobey Maguire's came out, I don't that remember. That was 2002. But... I know that. I'm okay. Pretty sure. Well, there you go. Um, wow, that's uh, that's 19 years ago. I'm pretty Gosh. sure that is. So, so Spider-Man. Um. Came out. I'm pretty sure it was 2002, which would mean yeah. that he's like phase zero. Phase one is listed as 2008 <laughs> to 2012. Yeah. Well, now it's 2002 to two or 2000. Was it 2002 or 2003? 2002. Okay. So 2002 is phase I guess, yeah, like you said, zero. I don't know. Zero. That's cool. Because that's MCU, buddy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
What have we learned today? <laughs> um, that Spider-Man's amazing. That I'm so glad they did this. He's the amazing Spider-Man. That, I mean, just... Obviously, we, we love Willem Dafoe. We do. This is the Willem Dafoe fan cast. This is the Andrew awesome. Garfield fan cast now. Yeah. Rebels uh, is And awesome. I'm still... That, that scene was so perfectly placed. And... Yeah. And we didn't say it, but let's talk about Tobey Maguire's little redemption too. Because um, again, you said it like he didn't, he didn't kill um, Green Goblin. Uh, Sam yeah, Man. he didn't kill Goblin in that in that movie, but he jumped out of the way and you know was a part of that fight or whatever. Yeah, but in this, he stopped the glider from yeah being punched yeah. into him. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a little redemption for him. Like everybody had their little moments of of coming back around. Ah, oh, so well done, so well done. Yep. And ah. not and not done in a cheesy fashion. You yep. Know? Not basher. Not not any more than than the cheesy, witty, funny that Spider Man's supposed to be. Right. Not bash you know. it over your head like, look at what we're doing. We're no, it just it flowed and no, it was like I won't let this glider slide into yeah, your exactly. stomach again. You know, like exactly. Nothing, yeah. It, it was all it was all very organic. It just it just unraveled the way a Spider Man story should unravel. It was perfect. Like that. I mean again, I mean I said my one criticism, but yeah, other than that, it was awesome. I love it so much. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're ready to wrap up. Do you uh, do you got anything else you want to add? That's it for me. Well, that's it for me, too, then. So we both agree uh, Hawkeye is great, and Spider-Man No Way Home is a must-see, and that Spider-Man Tobey Maguire is the first MCU movie. Absolutely. All right. You heard it here first, kids. Um, well, with that having been said, then, uh, I'm Jim. I'm Tim. Oh, wait, 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 Tim. We do have one more thing. Did you want to talk about our, the layout for the next few podcasts? Because we got some big stuff coming. Yeah, Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. All right. Um, so we got two big things coming. Uh, this week we are, uh, did we talk about today being December 18th and this is episode 98? I feel like that conversation didn't come up. I don't remember. Okay. This is December 18th (laughs) and, uh, this is episode 98. Um, sometime next week, we don't know exactly when, or could even be this week, it just depends on, um, sometime surrounding the Christmas holiday, um, we'll be recording episode 99, and yeah. our primary focus will be expectations for the Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, and a conversation about the Hawkeye finale, which we'll save that Hawkeye finale for the end so we can do spoiler talk, yep. um, but that's gonna happen, so, <coughs> good stuff then. Then and our I thought official this was so episode one hundred. Yes, we're gonna hit one hundred. Um, we have recorded more than a hundred episodes, uh, but some of those were yeah um, our four sword comics episodes and things like that. But our actual our certain like point of view episode one hundred uh, will be coming out right after uh, Book of Bubba Fett, either the day of or the day after, um, because it comes out Wednesday, December 29th, eleven days from today. So we'll either release the episode on that Wednesday or that Thursday, because after that we're into New Year's stuff, and it gets, you know, yeah, tricky. So that's exciting for the next two episodes. 
uh, building up to our 100th official episode. Yay! All right, so yeah, join us next time for Book of Boba Fett talk and Hawkeye, and then we're going to see Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so this uh, I'm Jim. I'm Jim. And this has been Our Certain, certain point, of point of View. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. And also with you. And also with you. Bye, everyone. This is the way. We have spoken. The Force will be with you. Bye-bye. Always. Audio 1.